talking with words. Welcome back to Talking with Words. You're here with Rob. David. Ryan. And we're going to go full circle on, on one of the, the movies that we've discussed multiple times. Uh, in Manhattan. Uh, yes. A love story for the ages. We're going to watch the remake of Dawn of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder, written by James Gunn, starring a lot of people. Although Sarah Pauly, did she ever do anything else? Do you guys know? Yeah, she's been in uh, various other things. Ah, various projects. You also have Ving Rhames, uh, Mackay Pfeiffer, you've got, where are we at here? Uh, Ty Burrell of Modern uh, Family fame, Michael Kelly from House of Cards, uh, 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 uh. other people that all did great. Actors. Da-der, da-der, da-der. Anyway, so this is the remake of George Romero. George Romero. George Romero. George Romero's 1976 movie. Who's? Um, what's his name? Uh, George Romero. And this one is fairly close to his, but there are definitely some differences. It is described as... Uh, a nurse and policeman, a young married couple, a salesman, and other survivors of a worldwide plague that's produced an aggressive flesh and zombies take refuge in a mega Midwestern shopping mall. Everybody catch that? Yes. Got yeah. it. What about the parents' guide? Okay, so as uh, you probably expect from this type of movie, uh, it's rated R for pervasive, strong horror, violence and gore, language and sexuality. So it has moderate sex and nudity, severe violence and gore, severe profanity, mild alcohol, drugs, and smoking. And severe, frightening, and intense scenes. And the introduction of the delightful Richard Cheese into my life. In mine as well. Yes. Yes. All right, we're going to watch this. You guys enjoy the cheese. We'll be back. Do you feel that? this volume real quick all right there we go i see what the problem is it's me but we weren't gonna say anything i jumped you i jumped you ahead of you <laughs> to james gunn george amaro george amaro george amaro and zach snyder's dawn of the dead and george amaro and george amaro i mean i'd love the they did the cameo with him yes which uh, did you see at the credits? There were three other cameos, or there were three cameos, including him and the preacher. And there was another one that was uh, I missed who it was, but there was a third. No, I didn't get that. Um, uh, like special thanks to from the original. I didn't see who it was. We probably mentioned it while we were watching the movie because there's only so many old guys. Yeah, unless it was the uh, I wonder if it was the old woman that like the the one that died. It was. Was it? It was in the wheelbarrow. I think so, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, that, that makes I sense for... Yeah. A hot one? Uh, I, I mean... Temperature. Well, temperature-wise, she, she was described as cold. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She was just sweating profusely. It's a cold sweat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, spoilers. If you have not seen any zombie movies, 
a lot of people die. <laughs> and if you've seen any of the George Romero zombie movies, pretty much everyone, everyone does. Everyone does. Yep. So let's start off with the the fact that this opens with the one of the better zombie movie serious zombie movie dramatic uh sequences of all time i think you called it a uh, suburbia hell yeah uh ryan yep and that i wrote that down i was like that's perfect for what is happening the the little kid little girl in the beginning freaked me the hell out when i saw this the first time because yes. she's standing there and okay fine but then when she throw the the what's her name the main chick sarah yeah. throws her and then she starts running like, I shit my pants in the theater. Like, I was like, oh, man, I did not expect any of this. She pops up and takes off. Yeah. And actually, so I, I do want to point out really quickly, I, I thought it was cool and that we established that all of us did see this movie in theaters when it came out, which has not been the case for a lot of the films that we've True. Yeah. True. Thanks, 2004. Yes. <laughs> we all had free time and money. At least a little bit of money because yeah. tickets cost $7. I didn't have to pay for that one. My buddy was the projectionist at our... <laughs> so, my, my guitar player in high school was the projectionist for the local movie theater. And so we went in the night before, every Thursday night. That's pretty awesome. All of 2003, 2004. You got some good stuff. Oh, yeah. Spectacular. Euro Trip, Dawn of the Dead. Well... Jason Part 47. Started strong. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, about this little... I just have a couple little notes that... I've seen this a hundred times and I didn't, I have never sat down and done like what we're doing now where we're digging into it like this. And there's a few things that that beginning that I saw this time that I did not see before, or maybe I did, but I think it was weird. But now that I'm a little bit older, I'm like, that's kind of odd. It's the married couple. She's a nurse and he's looks like he's in scrubs. Maybe. No, he had, he had like a electrician truck out front. Looked like you worked for the cable company. Almost. Oh, was okay. I missed that. But she gets home and he's drinking a beer in bed with his shoes on. And she comes in and takes off his shoes and gets in bed. He's got like a beer on the nightstand. Like, this guy knows what he's fucking doing. Yeah. Like, she comes in, takes his shoes off. She's like, hey, it's date night. We're going to bang in the shower. I was going to say, that's apparently date night for them. I don't, I don't know what he does for a living, but he's he's successful in some ways. Very much so. Which, I, you know, I, <laughs> it's funny. I remember back in the day, I saw this movie and I... I Definitely had a thing for Sarah Pauly seeing this. Oh yeah, a little bit. Like she, you know, she was awesome. She was a strong, independent woman. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, to your point of um, you know talking about what did you call it, the uh, the suburban hill? Yeah. So the really cool thing about that is uh, two shots that stand out in my mind. First, when she is first, when she is initially driving home from the hospital, you have the aerial view of a normal suburb. But yeah. you know, when you're watching, you know, you're watching a horror movie, specifically a zombie movie. So in your head, you're thinking, okay, clearly this is not the ideal place to be. How is she going to get out of here? Right. And then... Also, the, the song in the car is I Had a Bad Day oh, on her it? on her ride home. Did not catch yeah. that. Because oh, nice. she was when she's in the hospital and they're talking about people getting bitten and not recovering, and then she gets in the car and she's listening to a song called I Had a Bad Day. Man. Oh, yeah. There's the guy that got bit during a bar fight. Bar fight, yeah. ICU. They're like, they can't figure out why fight. he's... Why is he in ICU? Yeah. But the, the second shot that comes to mind for me is after her husband is attacking her, she she goes through the window of the bathroom, and then she turns around and she looks out hey. from the front of her house. Because up to this point, the only zombie-esque thing you've seen is the two zombies that were in her house attacking her. 
So you don't know how widespread it is beyond that. So she looks out, and suddenly you see that half the neighborhood is on fire. People are standing around not knowing what's going on. There are helicopters moving slowly through the air, like they're just surveying the area, trying to figure out what's happening. Um, I mean, it's, it's pure pandemonium. And it's over like eight hours. Yeah. From when she got home. Yep. To when she to got six, attacked by uh, little little Vivian. Yeah. And then she, I like that she crawled out the window in the bathroom, and just barely made it. And then, I think you're gonna say with the next part probably that I'm thinking. Uh, well, go, go ahead and say it. I was gonna say when he's chasing her when she's in the car driving off, and there's a woman in the yes. yard screaming. Oh that, yes, and that was a perfect transition because you know that's another woman who she. Uh, Sorry, I don't know what my dog's doing. Cal. Cal's just screwing around. <laughs> so, I, I don't know if we're talking about the same woman. What I'm thinking of is the woman in the bathroom who's just walking out to check her mail. You know, Because at this point, it, again, she's someone else who's just been in her house, insulated from everything outside, which that's how we all are, right? Yeah. I mean, all three of us are sitting in you know your house right now. Who knows what's happening outside? It, it could be... You, we wouldn't hear it. Yeah. In modern day houses... I had someone get shot in the face three doors down from me. I did not hear the shotgun go off. Three doors down, you say? Three doors down. Wow. Any, anyone? You can be like that. Exactly. <laughs> well, in a better life. Yeah. Um. Um, but but um, it was, that was just a cool thing because it, it serves to show, to highlight how, how all of this is kind of expanding and that not everyone is fully aware but it also serves as a good transition to get him out of there. Well, he just peels off. I love yeah. the peel off because exactly. he sees her and it's like, oh, that's easier. Exactly. And yeah. goes for it. That was a great scene. And then right after that, one of my favorite sequences, the big shots in this. And there were, we were there were a lot. We talked about a lot of big shots in this that were done really, really well. Uh, one of my favorite ones that always stuck with me is that ambulance that drives, crashes into the car, and then smashes into the gas station from that way overhead shot mm-hmm. uh, while they're starting the music. Or they takes the tumble right into the gas. Oh, I love that shot so fucking much. It's a great shot. I do want to point out that a, a modern gas station would not explode like that. I know that for a fact because when I worked at a liquor store in college, the gas station near us, uh, someone drove like kind of went crazy and drove into one of the pumps. That's what happens when you fire. try to skip the light there. Yeah, so we had, we had a police officer coming and tell we tell us we had to you know basically evacuate the uh, liquor store because we were too close to the gas station. And so we ended up standing at the edge of the parking lot, and we realized we had not turned off the drive-thru sign. So we just watched people waiting in the drive-thru, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was great. It was a great moment. Probably not for them, but for us it was fantastic. Which, you got to make your own fun at the drive-thru. Exactly. Uh, somebody I know, I'm not going to say their name because they're more up the food chain than I am, but uh, they were filling up their truck and drove off forgetting that they still had the thing in the gas tank. And they also have now a fail-safe, so if you do that, there's a coupling that unhooks, and yep. gas does not pour out. It just pulls it off, and he was driving down the street with about eight feet of gas line. Tubing. Yeah. Yeah. I think they charge you a couple hundred dollars if you do that, from, from what I've read. He can afford it. Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> he should have kept the hose on. Yeah, who knows what it could come in handy for. I've, I've got so many retorts to that. I'm just going to skip them all. <laughs> Probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then you have the Johnny Cash when the man comes around and that opening over that, which I said before, like when I write some of my zombie sequences, I automatically go back to that album mm-hmm. uh, just because it's burned in my brain as a zombie apocalyptic 
thing. Well, wasn't it? I think it was when we were watching the craziest. Wasn't it a different Johnny Cash song? Yes. Yeah, that one from the same album. Yeah, it was yeah. the same. It was the same because uh, he did like four, and he did when the Man Comes Around album. He did all those where he was doing the covers of like Nine Inch Nails and stuff. Yeah. Uh, his dark years before he died, after uh, his wife died, and yeah, it's the same setup. And they use a, I think they do a Richard Cheese cover of. No, they do Elvis in uh, uh, what's the Vegas one that we watched? Army of Darkness. Or Army, Army of, the of the Dead. Army of the Dead. There we go. Uh, yeah, same, same idea. Yeah, Army of Darkness. We have not learned, but maybe we should at some point. Also, Zach. Oh, we're definitely gonna film. do it at some point. Also, a Zack Snyder film. Yeah, we'll definitely do Army of Darkness at some point. It's just so, uh, so well known as a B movie that we're gonna have to. Uh, Chew it up. Yeah. So uh, a couple of things I wanted to throw out uh, in this one is um, a couple of things is, I, I use my words good. <laughs> I We were talking about the lighting. You move uh, lips nice. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, uh, we were talking about the, the lighting and how they used it in the film while we were watching it. And, I, you know, I thought it was really cool. And I, I think the lighting played a big part in this is how once once they established that when someone was bitten, uh, they would turn, they really amped it up, and you could see very clearly how they quickly deteriorated. Like, their, their physical condition just looked bad. Yeah. Uh, and that, that moved really, really And they were crazy. also in a darker light. Yeah. Like, uh, we mentioned, we were talking about when they got to the mall and inside, up to that point, it was normal lighting. In the mall, it was kind of a green, um, almost like a... Uh, uh, a sick tint to it yeah. and then yeah you'd have the people that were bitten and they were darker everyone like the whole we'll get to the the baby sequence well that was in the dark um but then when they got out at the end uh it was like a bluish tint yeah. uh which i don't know or, if that was supposed to mean something different early or, dawn. yeah uh of the dead yeah um <laughs> But yes, uh, I I enjoyed that they they changed it per where they were and what the feeling of is because the beginning you had the hope of okay maybe this isn't so bad right and then it just got progressively worse every minute. By the way, fun fact: if if I recall correctly, um, I, b- I believe they had to film this in a Canadian mall because it's supposed to take place in the U.S. But for whatever reason, I, I guess this was during the height of malls actually being a thing. Uh, I wrote in my notes, it's a mall, exclamation mark, because yeah. that that was almost wow. 20 years ago. Yeah, for, the, for those of you yeah. kids that don't that aren't familiar with malls, <laughs> that's where we used to have to actually physically go to get things that you would now order from Amazon. If you're listening to this in the future, this is before drones delivered everything to your house. And yes. you went and you sat in the food court and hoped a girl would look at you. And then when they did, you ran out to your car and went home. And if you're listening to this in the past... We've been successful, um, <laughs> but uh, figured it out. <laughs> I, I do think that because it was filmed in Canada, if, if I'm correct about that, that is why all of the zombies are so polite and they actually announce their presence when they're they're coming. You know, that actually makes those, sense. Those yeah. noises to give them a chance to get away. Because usually they're quiet. Yeah, there was obviously one American in the parking garage, but yes. uh, all the others did seem a little Canadian. Yeah, that that so that one is actually uh, proof that this movie is a sequel to Forrest Gump. That's Lieutenant Dan, um, you know, going hand over hand. He lost his legs yes. <laughs> when he was bit. 
Well, he had them now, brand new legs. Oh, yeah. The yeah. titanium legs. We're just changing storylines everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he never got thems. <laughs> Zack Snyder, if you need advice on your next time. Lieutenant Damned Dan. <laughs> the zombie follow-up to Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing, uh, or I guess one other thing that's really cool about this movie is that there are several things in there where uh, things kind of come full circle. Um, yeah. For instance, uh, you know, the, the biggest one is where uh, Ty Burrell's character, I forget his name, uh, tells Sarah right. Holly's character, like he says, if I turn... Please shoot me. Feel free. And she she doesn't even miss a beat. She's like, okay, yeah, I'm shoot happy. Him in yeah, the got face. it. And that's exactly what happens later on. And it's funny because like there is no there's no remorse. Like it's not like they become friends. No hesitation. It's she's yeah. she she's kind of almost like oh hey cool I'm gonna do this. And there's even like a damn yeah I got this guys. <laughs> I'll take that, this one. In that same scene, uh, there another thing kind of comes around because in the very beginning of the movie. When her husband gets bitten by the little girl that may be their daughter, it's not really, it's not entirely. It was the neighbor girl that was in the uh, the skates. Well, she was, but she was wearing a nightgown when she came in there, and it was normal for her to come into their bedroom. If I had a ledger of how many little girls come in my bedroom, I'm going to stop right there. Please do. Two. There's two. (laughs) My children. The end. So. I swear. No, well, that. When they woke up in that scene, they were confused. They're like, "What are you, what are you doing here? Why are you in the house, baby?" Yeah, but they, they, and I, I said it when we were watching the that when she came up, it was like, "That's common for the kids just to." And I've had kids. I literally had kids walk in my house through the garage door entrance, and I'm like, "That's kind of just for family." And they're like, "Yeah, where's where's Meryl? Where's Charlie?" And they'll like wander in the house. I'm like, "Oh, all right." See, neighborhood kids don't come to my house. They just try and sell me coupons when I'm walking the door. Well, that's because yeah. of that those basement chains. <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> the, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> okay, so I want to let's go back let's a little bit. Well, let me, let me okay, right. real quick. Um, the other the other kind of full circle thing is when when they wake up, uh, her husband gets bitten in the neck, and then she's trying to save him. She turns away. She's trying to call nine one one, and then he arrives. And he starts to attack her. She knocks him back. But then she, before she runs into the bathroom, she has the presence of mind to grab her car keys off of the, oh, the bedside yeah. table, which I'm going to throw out there. She's, it's, that makes sense to me because she's a nurse. And I know, like, I've got several friends who are nurses. Um, and yeah. I could joke about them being absent-minded in a lot of ways for a lot of things. But when it comes to high-stress situations... Like they, they are. They can trained. operate under pressure. Yeah, so they're gonna think they about. They usually keep calm. Yeah, so that so that makes perfect sense to me. Like she snapped into that mindset of what do I need to do right, right. now? Grab the keys. So she does it in that scene, and then later on, after she shoots his character, Ty Burrell's character, not her husband. Yeah, yeah, she starts to turn away, but then she turns back and grabs the boat keys from him. Yeah, and she's the only one that thinks about it. Everyone else is looking at her like, "What are you doing? Why did you not just run to us immediately?" It's a but sailboat. She, you don't need keys. She saved the day. She's a smart I lady. So. Anyway, just those those things that are kind of callbacks, I, I thought were yeah. really cool. Which, very, what, very well if, while we're on this, before I, I make us take a step back, one of the other ones I liked was uh, CJ. Uh, in the beginning, he's you know holding a gunpoint. He's like, I'm not going to die for you. Get the hell out of here. And at the very end, he ends up sacrificing himself to let them get to the boat. 
even though he's not, as far as I could tell, he wasn't bit or anything else. He just ended up sacrificing himself because he was stuck. Yes. So that they could get beyond. So that was another full circle of his character evolving. You had a good evolution yeah. of his character. So it's funny. Well, I was going to say, he got cut off and it was, he could have tried to get to the boat, but there was a dozen zombies in the way. So it's either I'm going to stay back and save everybody or I'm going to get bit and die trying and right. everybody still probably dies. So yeah. see, it's funny because his character does have a lot of evolution, like you said. I mean, that's and really the only character that evolves fully through this whole film because he lets people he because he lets people in, right? But at the same time, what he didn't want to let anyone in at the beginning because he said, "I'm going to die if I let people in." That's exactly what happened. He called it perfectly because if they hadn't let anyone in that mall, if it was just the three of them, they'd have been fine for a while because they wouldn't have been executing all these different crazy operations to you know yeah. do this and, this and that. They had plenty of food coffee um which and that also translates yeah. to even though they went in if they had maintained you know uh discipline on your perimeter they could have stayed there for who knows how long right uh and then you had andy pushing that that envelope and then you had of course the crazy the dog getting away and... dog girl and all that but who who was also we, we didn't mention this at the beginning but uh she was in kick-ass too so was it her or was it was it the uh, the blonde that was in Kick-Ass? I thought it was the blonde no, that was no, it was it was, it was the redhead. She was one. okay. I don't even know if they gave any of those both people names. Um, they did, and actually, her. Uh, it's funny because the guy that played her dad that died earlier, I forget his uh, his name. He he did a really good job in that role, you know, just in taking him seriously and feeling bad for him. Yeah. But it's funny to go back and see him there because for a while I was watching a TV show called Eureka where he just played this incredibly goofy character. You know, you mean like just, everybody in Eureka? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Where you, so you know who I'm talking about. I've, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I've seen it. Yeah. You can't take him seriously at all. Uh, yeah. So that guy has more range than I thought. Crushed it. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back a little bit. Okay. To the, them getting to essentially the mall because if you if you've seen this, you know where where all of this goes. But there's all these little bits that I I know I've noticed before, and I'm just pointing out now for this. But there's also some stuff I didn't think about before. Like Ryan, we both mentioned when they got in the mall, they were in that one uh, shop, and instead of using like the crowbar or something, they threw a toilet through the window. Which a toilet's like it's they're, heavy. They're not light. Like I've. I was a plumber in college and it took, it takes two guys to take one out of a house to replace it. And yeah. we, we've all seen, um, you, you, you know, what I'm saying. Uh, shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I drawing a blank? It's, we've talked about this movie a thousand times, Ryan. Um, the labyrinth. No. Why? This, this is killing me. Um, you're going to have to give me more clues than that movie. Two Irish guys that are uh, killing Oh, you mean Boondock Saints? Boondock Saints, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I don't know why I'm drunk a black guy. Which, that uh, representation of taking the toilet is way more believable than this one. Right. Because that yeah. toilet went like through the air 10 feet out into the mall. And the Boondock Saints, he was like struggling to get it to save his brother. Like, you have that we're fucked moment. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. This is just, why would, why? Although, in defense of this movie, you don't see who threw it. It could have been Ving Rhames. 
it was clearly Ving Rhames. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's the only one that's really, yeah, capable of that. He probably could have done it. it was, so, yeah, uh, I mean, he, he, he pitched it out like, a, like you're throwing a bag of dog food. With his uh, United States Marine Corps tattoo that was clearly visible on his forearm for everyone to see, so that we all knew that he was in the Marine Corps. Yes. Um, so let's. I'll burn through a couple of these. I've got a few that are in that that first initial uh, mall visit, and then uh, whatever else I missed or whatever else you guys want to add in. I'll just burn through these real quick. Uh, the toilet's one of them. Uh, we already talked about the color change. Uh, that. That fountain injury where Ving Rhames falls in the fountain always gets me because it looks so horrible the way they filmed it, mm-hmm. and it's just like a cut. But like every time he falls, cut. I'm like, ah. stitches. Like every time he falls, I wait for like bone sticking out, and yeah. then it's just cut. So, uh, to tag on to that cut, yeah, that little trivia tidbit. I think I shared it while we were watching the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a. They pulled in uh, a real nurse for that. To, for the, the stitching. To, to stitch it up. Yeah. And um, Zack Snyder kept saying, go deeper, go deeper. This needs to be realistic. Went so deep, accidentally stitched the prosthetic to being Reigns. And Zack Snyder's reaction was, God, our special effects guys are great. That looks like real blood. And he's legit bleeding from that because they sewed the what was supposed to be the prosthetic injury to his arm. Which I would love to hear Ving Rhames talk about that, because you know he had to feel the needle go in and be like, eh, whatever. He did. Like, Yeah, after the fact, it was, yeah, he knew, and he just, he let it go. Just let it happen? Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of Ving Rhames, I want to throw out a, uh, a theory that I don't actually believe. Uh, <laughs> so, let's just imagine for a minute that this movie is a sequel to all of the Mission Impossible movies, right? I, so, Ving Rhames... Is it not? So he, his character doesn't speak a lot at the beginning of this movie. And that's because he is still under deep cover. He's waiting for Ethan Hunt to pop out and you know give him his directions for what to do. He's waiting to see which one of these people is going to take a mask off and be Ethan Hunt. <laughs> exactly. But over the course of the film, it becomes more and more clear that that's not going to happen. And that's when he starts kind of opening up. And obviously he doesn't tell him who and what he actually is. But he, he starts to become more of an active member of the group. Ethan's not coming. Yeah. I, I think he harvests the second command is in charge that, now. Uh, yeah, that Andy across the way is even. So that's that's the uh, which the he might have been. They yeah, fucked him. That's they, the theory they, that I don't actually believe. <laughs> so on that same line, um, that's also where you see Tom uh, Savini, yes, being the sheriff. Which I love Tom Savini so much. He's like one of the best known makeup um, special effects artists up of real. Uh, what are they called? Um, practical effects yes and he's done most of romero's movies which is why he has the cameo in this and him just doing the shoot him in the head thing is a great uh you know as as this generation when this movie came out the generation was like okay we know what zombies are we know how to kill them so him just having that those lines of like this is how it happens this is what we're gonna do uh was such a great throwback with a nod to we we, we know what zombies are now they're, they're different than what they used to be in the 70s. They're this new version of zombies. And he's just giving you that little, this is how, this is how it happens. This is the only way to work it. Right. I mean, the, the, one of the men who created the whole genre. Yeah. yeah. Being there. Zombie makeup. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was there on the, the ground floor, essentially. And, uh, you know, in that scene, one, one really great small piece is how after they have him talk, then the camera pans to all these survivors that are coming off of the truck. And then it zooms in on the face of this woman who is clearly bitten and infected 
and that tells you who that you're watching. Okay, these these people are screwed. You know, yeah, there's no there's no yeah, winning. Like for a second, he seems like he's in control. He's got it figured out, but it you know they've reached the pinnacle. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, once you have enough, once you have enough people, there's there's no contain uh, containing it. That's also the same sequence where the uh, special guard talks about banging the fat girl from Dairy Queen, which <laughs> yeah. I, I did enjoy his little <laughs> commentary. Yeah, uh, the other guy's like. You realize they're all dead. Yeah. Well, man, I was going to bang that fat girl from Dairy Queen. She's dead, too. Well, all right. So, yeah. I just, an idiot. So, I feel like it's time for us to discuss the thing that, I, Rob, I know you and I love the most about this movie. Uh, and that is how it introduced us to Richard Cheese. That, yes, <laughs> this is very true. The best yes. montage of all time. The Richard Cheese version of Down with the Sickness, as they are all just doing, doing whatever, their own you know, thing. Yeah, just trying to live in a mall. Just a montage a of not going crazy. Yeah. Um, Spray paint I, graffiti. I went rain. home and, like, it took me probably an hour because at that time we didn't have the internet. I had to use uh, phone books in the library uh, to figure out who Richard Cheese was. We and had Napster. <laughs> I had Bing. And, uh, man, I, I bought all of his CDs. I still have all of them. I, I fell in love with him immediately. As soon as I heard that, I was I was in. Sorry, I'm, I'm just imagining you going to a library, you know, somehow using the Dewey Decimal <laughs> System to, to look up sources, figure out who this guy is. I'm flipping through the old uh, uh, the Rolodex. Rolodex yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, excuse me. <laughs> Could you point me in the direction of your microfish uh, store? I, I need to... It's like metal, but it's jazz. <laughs> Sir, get out. You're drunk. That has nothing to do with this. And I think it's, uh, in my opinion, that's his best cover. I mean, I love a lot of what he's done, but Down with the Sickness is so funny, and it's so much fun to sing karaoke as well. And, I mean, once this movie played and they, they included it, he took off. Like Everybody knows who he is now. Because before this, I mean, how would you have known... He hasn't been internationally right. pushed. He was just playing shows in Vegas for ballrooms. And now, like, everybody knows who he is. He's still going strong. He's in other movies that James Gunn and Zack Snyder do, which we've talked about. Well, which so which other movies is his music in? Because the only other one I can think of off the top of my head is Old School. Yeah. he's doing his cover of Total Eclipse. Well, he did uh, Viva Las Vegas for Army of the Dead. Oh, yes, yes, he did. You're right. Um, he did. Total Eclipse in old, old school? Yeah, that was him. That, that, they're actually, you know, he is actually there. That's him and his band playing. Oh, okay. They show him. He does that one, and then... Oh, he's just another... not the he's not the singer, though. He's not singing it. No, he's singing it. Oh, for that one? Yeah. It, like, they show I him thought... twice in that movie, because he does Total Eclipse at the beginning. Or, well, he does I that one, that and he's doing the... a different song. I thought that was the same band they used in The Hangover. I don't think so. It's, it's yeah, I think band. I think it's. Or, oh no, I'm thinking the dead man. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. two bands. I'm sorry, because that one does that one does too, wedding too wedding uh, yeah, things. Yeah. And the Richard you're, Cheese you're right. does the uh, the jazz ballroom sets. Sorry, mixing up two two bands that I really enjoy that do fun covers. Yeah, my my, my mistake. Well, he was also in. Um, wasn't he in Peacemaker? Did uh, they play him? I haven't watched all of these. Because uh, I know they did Steel Panther twice. I feel like they used him in episode like five or six somewhere in there. They might have done, yeah, they might have done. And, of course, that's James Gunn again. Right, yeah. So the it would make bread. sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now now I'm thinking about it. There's a couple 
gun movies. Uh, we're gonna have to add to the list. Yeah. Uh, after this, that he directed, he wrote and directed that there might be some of those in there because I don't remember. Like I remember loving Super, which was um, Rain Wilson. Yeah. Um, and Kevin Bacon was the bad guy, but there's probably a cheese in there somewhere. So here's a question. You know, was there any Mr. Pibb highlighted in this film? There was not. I was watching. Because it's a Snyder film, James Gunn just wrote it. Which I think, I wonder if Gunn and Snyder are like buddies. And that's why like you had the, or either that or Gunn took cheese from, because Snyder's a big move, uh, music guy. Yeah. Uh, unless you watch the director's cut of Justice League and don't know what the fuck he's doing with the music in half of that movie. But he's a big music guy making points out of it. Also, I wonder if when he was editing this, he's like, oh man, I bet slow motion's going to really take off. Because there's a couple slow motion points, but like his next movie is 300. Or yeah. one of those. or Because he did 300, then he did Watchmen. Yeah. And it's 20% slow motion. We need to do a podcast on Watchmen. Watchmen's, yeah, I'd like to do that one. The director's cut, of course. Yes. I'd like to be five and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's funny, that's what we were talking about at the beginning when uh, it had Snyder talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, so I added some few th- a few things in here, which I totally missed them because I think this is the one I've watched the most, is the director's cut. So I don't remember what the theatrical cut was. Uh, although... I only saw the theatrical cut the one time I watched it in theaters and everything yeah. else has been exactly director's cuts. Yeah. Um, and one thing we mentioned was the, uh, there's a, there's a bunch of jokes in this one character that I think got missed a little bit because of his, the actor's delivery, but the husband of the woman who was in the wheelbarrow, he worked at the church. Well, I don't think he was her husband. It wasn't the husband. Oh, it wasn't the husband? Because he was the guy who was, was talking about being gay. He was the gay uh, well, organ that was, player. I thought organist. he was with her, and then when she died, he was like wearing the, the heels, and he was confessing to the security guards that were locked in the room about <laughs> being gay, and no, then... Well, no, because he didn't, even he didn't know her name. So I think he was oh, just okay. a good yeah. guy. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Well, so She came into do. the church, and we were trying to help her out. Well, and then he he confessed. They locked the uh, the two security guards in, and he was confessing to them that he was having gay thoughts. And... No, I don't think he was confessing. He was just talking. Like, yeah. He's just watching. Well, the way it was set up, like with the chains and everything, it felt like a Catholic. The, the first time I realized I was gay, it was twelve years old. I and then later I, he says, "I played the organ." I think he just wanted to talk, and he had a, literally a captive audience. One hundred percent captive yeah. audience. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's just maybe. Like, He's just be, you know, just waxing told, eloquent just, about his life. And just start talking. Don't want to listen to him. <laughs> um, and one then, thing I think this this movie needed or or could have could have used to flush out a little bit more of this this one spot that seems weak to me is uh, Andre's character with the the baby and the mama. How crazy he went because he he's been with the group. He knows that if you get bit, you die. And his whole insane reaction to uh, having the baby born and then everybody freaking out about like, her coming in and shooting the mom and all that, like that whole the hilarious should not be hilarious shootout. Um, <laughs> so I, I would like to have had a little bit more into him going nuts because he seemed pretty, he was shitty, 
but he was pretty on top of it earlier on. He went zero to a hundred real fast. Quick so I don't know. They they show him. He's standing there when they first figure out that you get bit, you you turn, and he immediately turns and leaves. Yeah, so he, like, he walks like, out and goes to see her. Yeah, she's got that okay. that bite on her arm from the first initial visit to the mall. Yeah, but he's also he's kind of isolated from the group because he, he tries to open up to Vingaran's character. You know, at one point he gets just shut down. Yeah, like, dude, why why are you? Tr- I'm not your confessor. Yeah, yeah. D- deal deal with life. This is what it is. He's just panicking. So he. I, I interpret it as his character is just so wrapped up in his family. He's going to keep his family safe, and he's completely in denial. You know, he's he's got this cognitive dissonance that. Which is, they show that yeah. my my only uh, like the only caveat to that is I would like to have seen more of that evolution from when he got there to the point of he's going to shoot this lady because he's shooting his wife that he knows is a zombie to protect his zombie kid because he's, he's pretty much insane at that point. Like he's, he's gone so far past that. Yeah. I think they probably didn't do that just for the shock value because you see him, That's you see her, true. they're happy. She seems okay. Like, and you, but although you can see visibly that she is starting to get sick. Yeah. Um, he, and then he the next time her, you see her, she yeah. is strat, like chained to a bed. Yeah, no one can go see her. About to give birth. Yeah. Just yeah. telling her, you know, be quiet while you're giving birth. So no one knows what's happening. He keeps her separated, and he started to distance himself from the group over those last couple. Yeah, what I'm yeah. assuming is a couple days. Although I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because thinking more about that, the thing about that that makes the least sense is that he's saying no, no one needs to come check on her, and everyone should take him at his word. Like, okay, we won't. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but in a situation like that, that's I want to be keeping tabs on everybody. Also, you got a nurse in there, and she's like, "Oh, that's fine. You just you go do that 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 baby birth yourself." I'm a nurse. Hi, I'm a nurse. Yeah. I want to come check on your wife and make sure she's healthy. No, it's fine. It's fine. Stay away. Stay away. All right. You got this. <laughs> yeah. So right after that, we we start Act 3. And this is where the show starts going off the rails, which I love so fucking much. Because CJ literally explains the back half, or the back end of the movie, just like in, um, what was I comparing it to? Uh, Come on, use your brain and make it work. Uh, Made in Manhattan. God, I love that movie. Um, uh, I'll come back to it. But he sits there and he's like, well, are we going to armor these these buses up and we're going to go save Andy and then we're going to drive right to the marina. The yeah. And, and, and this then they're going. like, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's exactly what he says. Uh, it's that wink. It's no, it's Matrix, the new Matrix. Oh, uh, Matrix Revolution. Where he, they just tell you exactly what they did <laughs> for the money and <laughs> for the studio. Right. It's that kind of nod to the audience that like it's about to get weird as to what's going to happen, and then they do it. And I love that they were just like, ah, fuck it, let's just <laughs> we'll make a joke about it, and then we'll do it. And now you know kind of what's coming. I actually have not watched that movie mainly because your brother. It just his text seemed so disappointed in it that I felt like it wasn't. Worth he time. has a bitter disdain for that movie, which is understandable. So did Taylor. It's understandable. I mean, as we do, we try to find the good in it. We were searching for pirate booty on that one. Yeah, that was rough. Taylor was really upset that one. I mean, every movie he's ever watched in his entire life, <laughs> except for <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Oh God. <laughs> Speaking of, did I tell you that the one time he convinced me to watch that with him, 
I sat down. We made a cocktail. Started the movie. I looked over. He was he was asleep. So did, did you watch the rest? I watched of the whole goddamn thing. I didn't realize you'd actually watched. Oh it. my god, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. And like I forced, I was like, I'm going to do this just so I can wake him up. And I slapped him in the face and woke him up. I was like, I watched your fucking movie. And he <laughs> fell right back to sleep. But uh, it was, uh, we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna have to do one eventually. I don't like to shit on movies intentionally, but that's gonna be a dumper for sure. We'll have Taylor here to back to to tell us how great it is. <laughs> It'll be the reverse of our It will be. It'll be all of us shitting on it, and he'll be like, "No, it was good." Did you see uh, the? Flying Wolfman? <laughs> All right, coming back. <laughs> Unless somebody else wants to jump in, I wanted to talk about the buses. Oh, no, please do. Go for it. So I love that they all understand how to use power tools, and they have all the tools they need. If I want to change a doorknob in my house, I go to Lowe's three fucking times. These guys renovate two buses into death machines that would be welcome in twisted metal. And well, it took them two days. If you, if you go back to the beginning of the movie where they're talking about painting the SOS sign on the top, yeah, they reference the hardware store where they can get the paint from. So they had a hardware store at the mall. Oh, so they went to Lowe's. Pretty much. Okay. They, they had a Lowe's on site. This is a Canadian mall. Oh, Canadian that's right. Lowe's. Yeah. So they probably have a hardware store there. You know, there's, there's plenty of syrup. Um, lots of maple screws lots lots of good you know good calories you know honestly if you're going to be stuck somewhere that's the place to be yeah buddy (laughs) i'm not your buddy guy (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah um okay a couple more things and then i I have one final thing i want to do once we're all done uh just to go over and i'll explain that in a minute but um I like that at the end of the movie, and they, they kind of did it throughout the film, but they did it way better at the end, the gun mechanics. I always like a movie that respects magazine ejection, uh, bullet sliding the bullet into the, the barrel, all that kind of stuff. Like, John Wick does it. That John Wick's the best I've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they do it phenomenally. But this movie did a very good job of, uh, you know, you see the ejected magazine. Again, it's... it's Zack Snyder being like, oh, hey, slow motion seems fun. And he would do a slow motion ejection of a magazine. They'd push a new one in. They'd chamber around and then start shooting again. And It's, it's accurate. It's realistic. It just always it's, makes me feel good to see a gun that doesn't have a 60,000 bullet magazine. Yeah. Uh, that, I just appreciate that. So, so unlike, uh, <laughs> unlike Herschel's shotgun in season two of The Walking Dead. Yes, the yeah. double barrel with 40 bullets. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just always appreciate that. And then uh, the celebration music at the end is the song that they play at the beginning of Suicide Squad, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Uh, uh, what is it? Everybody's dead Everybody's or dead, we're all going to yeah. die or whatever it is. Um, yeah, we're all going to die. That's we're all going to die. Yeah. So I, I liked that full circle just for the podcast because it's the same song and everyone is going to die. Guys, cool. Yeah, uh, so uh, <laughs> sorry. You know, you're just making a good point. We were wait, we were waiting to see if there's. What's the next point. thing he's gonna so, say? <laughs> we, we were waiting with bated breath. From a, uh, you know, just kind of sticking on the music thing, the constant use of elevator music throughout the movie is great. Like when they're first going through the mall, it's just that 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 calm 
elevator tones, and then they bring it back when they're going to the buses at the end. Every everybody's crammed in the elevator, and it's just every, everyone stares around, super casual. Everybody's relaxed, and then you know the hard ass security guard CJ, whose character is coming full circle. Um, he's oh yeah, I like this song. Which, yes, and that's perfect coming from him because, as we've talked about before, his character really gets developed. They pick the right time for it. And over time, you do see him really softening because he is uh, just a complete jerk at the beginning. And then later on, he's reading like a Cosmo. uh, Yeah, he's reading the uh, 10 top things that uh, strengthen a relationship. Yeah. Which, uh, it's going to go back to Matrix, but I always think of the first Matrix when... They have the big shootout in the basement of the facility, mm-hmm. and then they get in the elevator, and it's Neo and Trinity, and the door is closed, and it's the elevator music. Yeah. Um, somebody's probably done it way before that, but that's the one I always go back to, because they just had a huge shootout. Same thing. They just ran away from hordes of zombies, and, oh, I like this song. Oh, yeah. Um, the elevator's always a fun transition. Yeah. So, going back to very early on, the beginning of the movie... Didn't think about. I hadn't probably watched this movie in seven or eight years, but having first seen this movie before Zombieland came out, and as they're going through um, the neighborhood scene, the bathroom scene, if you think back to Zombieland, the first like full scene in the movie is the neighbor comes in, you know the the hot chick from four hundred two, kills her in the bathroom, uh, attacked by the wannabe significant other in the bathroom. Beats her with a tank lid. Yeah. And then they immediately start going through the rules and half of those rules, you know, he's talking about, you know, buckling up and if if all the neighborhood kids turn into zombie freaks, it's time to stop driving carpool. Oh uh, yeah. Or practice or whatever. And yep. you know, you've got some lady getting hit by a car. Mm-hmm. You had the uh, the neighbor with the gun get hit by the ambulance. Yeah. So they they didn't they didn't copy the scenes exactly, but they kind of mirrored it. Yeah, yeah. With several paid a little homage to it. Yeah, and then even Zombieland Two, the first part of it takes place in a mall. Oh, does it? So well, it takes place in the White House, which <laughs> wait, hold on, wait. like the for, the government those mall. Those are two very different things. <laughs> no, no, no. So. <laughs> So, yeah, so, it's a big, it's a big circular track. <laughs> so, so they had the scene uh, in Dawn of the Dead where they're trying to get the president on. Uh, oh yeah. Not Air Force One, but uh, Marine One. And the Secret Service agents are getting attacked. Yep. At the beginning of Zombieland, one of the first scenes is, uh, or the, the you know, fall one, of the White one House. of those montages is the Secret Service agent. You know checking his teeth in the lens of the news camera in front of the White House. Right, yeah. Um, but in Zombieland 2, there at the White House, as soon as the, gir- as soon as the girls leave, they're, uh, Tallahassee and Columbus are taking their time strolling through a mall. Granted, no music playing on this one, but that's where they meet the other party of their... Oh. You know, the other person of their party is that, is that second big scene in the movie going through the mall. Okay. And so it's... I see what you're like, saying. Again, it's not scene for scene copied, but just a little homage to the to the 
originals. A, a lot. Or a lot, yeah. But I mean, I mean, they basically took the first twenty minutes of Dawn of the Dead, reworked it, and that was the first twenty minutes of Zombieland, right? Uh, with a little bit more humor and uh, Metallica in place of oh, Johnny yeah. Cash. Oh yeah, they did have, they did have Metallica. Whom, yeah, for whom the bell tolls, maybe. Sounds right. Uh, yeah. Um, yep. And then in that mall scene with the shortly after the where he get Bing rings gets his. Uh, Arm yeah. sewn up there. Yeah. The the best quote in the movie is go in the stall, say five Hail Marys, wipe your ass, and you and God can call it even. Yeah. He's a bad motherfucker. That was that was one of the uh going back to the theory, I don't believe that that was one of the lines they had prepared if anyone tried to confess to him. He was ready. So to be a character. Uh, as the character. I I didn't understand the swapping the crowbar for the croquet mallet. The only thing I can think of is that's a reference to the book, The Shining, because Jack Torrance uses a croquet mallet, not a axe in the book. But that's as close as I can come to thinking why you would do that. It's, it's a little bit of it's a stretch, steel versus wood. Yeah. Also, the croquet mallet broke, so he could use the sharp end of the head, whereas a crowbar, you could use all of it to bash his head in. Yeah. So, but, yeah. I mean, he, he one in one hand, one in the other, he's like, huh. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I can think of there is that he wanted a little more range than you gave it a crowbar because it is a pretty short instrument. But, you know, of all the things he could have chosen, that was probably At a, the at a sporting goods store? Yeah. A baseball bat, a golf club. A instead, walking stick? Yeah. Instead, we're going to choose the, ob- the object that's just going to mildly agitate the zombie. I guess at least he didn't grab a badminton racket or... Well, he did. We just didn't see that part. Or one of those curling sticks. Scrub, 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 scrub. So I, I did have one other thing that I wanted to mention. And, uh, oh yeah. So one thing I love is you've got uh, Vingrams and Andy, the guy that's across the way. They form a friendship. They form a bond, and they start playing chess. And it seems like Andy's always winning. So. Then it's because Ethan Hunt is smart. Yeah, right. <laughs> so then it moves forward, and you know, there, uh, even holds up the sign saying, We got to find a different game. And you've got so all these people that are just bored trying to find a way to amuse themselves. So, what do they do? They figure out we've got this guy like on the other side of the parking lot that has unlimited ammo for all intents yeah. and purposes. He's a good shot. We are going to look out in the crowd and find people that look like celebrities so that he could shoot them. I mean, it's so, it's so dark, but it makes so much sense for a group of guys that just... And she know, even calls them on it. Like, yeah. are you guys yeah, insane? Yeah, you guys had really disturbed childhoods. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just one of those things, like... You gotta keep the mood light during the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, just watching it, it's not surprising that they would come up with this as something to do. Yeah. Smiles um, up. And then you have to wonder how, you know, the director... Um, the writer chose the people that they're shooting, right? Because it's Jay Leno's the first one. Then they find one that looks kind of like Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. I assume it's based on the extras. Would be my first thought. Because Jay Leno, you don't see his face. You just see the the silver hair in the back. Yeah. And the Burt Reynolds looks like Burt Reynolds from the seventies. Mm-hmm. It's not. They don't well, even show Rosie O'Donnell. I guess today's Burt Reynolds would look a lot like that too. But. Um, yeah, I just I can't help but wonder if there was if that was just a, a shout out to some of them, like, hey Bert, you know, we think it's funny to shoot you in this. You know, maybe it's like they know him as a buddy, or they know it'll. 
get under his skin. They just want to mess with him. Come on, Gator. You know, yeah. So. All right. I've got like the end game question. Do you guys have anything else you want to add before we, we, we do this one? I do not. No, I'm good. Okay. So I've thought about this a lot because I'm that kind of person. You you guys are creative and you write and do all that stuff. I remember the first time I saw this, my the thought that kept going through my head is like, what would I have done to survive this event if I was one of these characters or with these people? I would like to know what you guys would have done differently to uh, prolong your own life, even though the world's dead or fucked anyway. Uh, I mean, like, what would be your progression, your thought progression, if you're in this mall, if you're with these people, if you have these things, because they have kind of an endless supply of stuff um, in this Canuck Mall, Canadian Mall. Um, <laughs> I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is. Uh... I would probably create some sort of distraction to lure all of the zombies to one side of the building, then, uh, you know, hop into a car and uh, nip on over to the Winchester and just wait for things to blow over. That is legit. If I were in their position, honestly, I'd have probably had a little bit of the attitude that CJ had. They're like, yeah, no, we're not letting these assholes in here. I mean, that's... I probably would have spent more time trying to utilize the resources that, I mean... They already they mentioned they had a hardware store. Right. They have, you know, plenty of food at the food court, all that other stuff. Um, well, they had a lot of shit. I probably would have spent more time trying to formulate a plan other than, you know what, guys, over the next twelve hours, we're gonna we're gonna pimp out the uh, mall shuttle, right, and take a pleasure cruise. So, uh, but the idea of getting some sort of distraction, but. Getting out away from people is... You're going to pull Tremors 1 and just have the uh, lawnmower go off. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, get, getting away from people. Uh, or people-esque beings. Ah, oh, people-esque. What were you going to say? Uh, so all I was going to say is, you know, I think you have to find a, um, a balance. Because to, to an extent, I get where CJ was coming from. But three people is not enough to do anything. And it's a mall. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. yeah, you can't secure that place. Especially when one of the guys is, quite frankly, just dumb. You know, you can't really rely on him to make smart decisions. You can give him direction, but he's, everything he does is just being kind of goofy. So when another group shows up, especially if they're armed, they're not immediately saying, put down your weapons. They're saying, hey, we need a place to stay. That's where you say, okay, look, you guys can stay here. we got to work together, but let's... We're, let's, not, we're let's not to the Walking right. Dead times yet. We're not, we're not turning yeah. on each other that yeah. hard like let's form a group let's make sure that everything is secure you guys got up here on the elevator so we're gonna have to watch this because if somebody else tries to come up and some zombies get in you know we need to make sure it's blocked off let's uh you know let's, let's figure out security here and let's set something up you know because one of, the, one of the things and I, I think we kind of discussed this without touching on it directly is um everyone does go do their own thing when they're in the mall and yeah. obviously that doesn't work out in the end but if you Set things up if you ration things. Excuse me. If you uh, go through and inventory, what do you have? You come up with all kinds of solutions. Things that they probably could have found a safer way to get Andy over there. Oh, um, absolutely. I mean, I mean, ideally, you would want to get some other people there first. Get as much ammo. You probably want to identify, you know, what guns make the most sense for us to have. What type of ammo do we want to carry a lot of? Because you can't get everything, and some of it's not going to be as effective. So, Fifty cal. Probably not the best idea. 
Um, <laughs> let let Ryan carry it. Yeah, but you, they're you only they're only twenty seven pounds. It's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, you probably you probably want to get a lot of twenty two rounds because you can hit some of them if you got a good if you got someone that's a good shot. You could hit a lot of them in the temple or something. No recoil from yeah. far away. It's it's not as they're loud. Quiet. And you can carry about a billion rounds, and it weighs half an ounce. So, you know, so like think ahead. You know, that for things like that that make them in handy. Um, because yeah, I guess well, not, know, and we're and we're not trying to. I'm not trying to remove the the movie. I mean, this is a movie. Yeah, yeah. Things need to take place. This is just a what if? How would you do it? So we don't have to. We don't have to deal with this universe because obviously, yeah. this is a set piece. Um, and I've got like I remember sitting up like in my bed after watching some theaters after I got over Vivian not being in my bathroom, and I thought about what I would do to get Andy number one exactly, and then yes. number two start pushing your perimeter because the the mall is huge, but you've got all these zombies. How do you start pushing that back so you can make uh, and uh, how do you make additional perimeters? How do you make additional fail saves? Things like that. And that I remember sitting up like, I don't think I slept that night because this is the first, uh, I hadn't seen 28 days later yet. Uh, this is the first fast zombie movie that I'd seen. I was like, fuck. Cause if it's, if it's resident evil, we're dead. There's no saving us from resident evil. This right. one, I was like, there's still a chance. You just have to be smart about it. And my scenario was, you use they've got a, a hunting supply they got like a camping you either make spears or a bow and arrow that you can retract so if you hit someone pull it back up hit another person until you've you've you know worn down the the crowd walking dead clear the perimeter yeah you just keep doing that until you can get between you and the the gun store and then you make barricades until you have all the bullets bring the barricades back in and then just start mapping that out. Which we, the the other thing I was talking about is we should probably have a podcast where we talk about uh, zombie survival. Yeah, uh, I'll just say I, I think you're right. Andy is one of your top two priorities. You, you've got two. Well, Andy and the what he brings to the the game. Right, like so, saving getting Andy over to where you are, and also water, because yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of bottled water in there, but you want to save that for last. You want to keep that is your emergency supply. And they were yeah. setting up volleyball nets, not collection tanks. Yeah. And rush, uh, uh, I guess flowing water um, is, is not going to be a thing for very long. Like you may have some water towers that whatever is feeding the mall probably isn't being used by anything else. But how many people were taking a bath or brushing their teeth when it hit and that just yeah. decimates the water supply? You're going you're gonna to have to go somewhere right. else. So you want to find as many containers as you can to get that water because some of it is going to be you don't want for drinking. Some of it you'll you know, you can put it into open containers that you know they're going to get dirty for use for like wash water things like that. Yeah. So that's that's going to be one of the first things you want to do, and then uh, take care of Andy. Yeah, I would have raided that sporting goods store, and all the with with the hopes that it's got protein powders and vitamins and all those like uh, no more are they uh, free free the replacement meals? Yeah, ready uh, to eat? Can't, yeah. MRIs? MRE. MREs. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also, and this, I mean, again, it's a movie, but they had the whole sequence where like the truck came up and all that and Andy didn't budge. Like there was a, there was a, a, a moment when there weren't 10,000 zombies out there mm -hmm. and he just kind of hung out. 
and then using the the game, which for the movie absolutely works. It's a it's a funny concept. It's he's shooting celebrities. But, is that how you want to spend your ammo, though? Right. Real life. You, that guy is going to be out there finding a way to kill them with recyclable uh, weapons, which... I say, hopefully he would have reloading supplies and stuff like that at his store. But to be fair, he's in a gun store. He's He's got so much ammo, he can't take it with him. Yeah. So. And I've had conversations... I mean, I, uh, I've talked zombies for decades. Um, Goddamn. But, uh, like, even a broom... You can cut the end off, and you've got a, a makeshift five foot spear that yeah. you can use to to poke. And you just have to have a hole in the wall, a, a glory hole, if you will, where you gloriously stab a zombie through it in the face. Um, but yeah, once you clear that perimeter, you don't you don't need the the buses to go yeah do all that shit. You can just. Well, they, they did make the comment that the, the longer they waited, the more people started to gather, or the more zombies that started yes, to gather from yes. you know, just the basic memory. So if they've been so clearing from the initial point. Should, shouldn't have been as bad. They, you know, the buses wouldn't get stopped because of the crowd of zombies. Yeah, and somehow the gasoline did not light the entire thing on fire when they lit it in the basement. So I'd be yeah. using a lot more gasoline. Uh, well, you want to be careful because you don't want to set your, your base on fire. You know, you, you, if, you're set, if you're setting a mobile creature on fire, then it's going to spread. Well, I mean, they light they light that whole thing on fire in the parking garage, which mm-hmm. is... Yeah, when they're trying to turn the right. generator. So, no, you, you're right. But I'm, I guess I guess we were talking more like if this, if this was you. I, I would not be going crazy with fire. Um, it, it, and also, if it was me, I would not uh, over happen. overextend my gasoline because you've only got so much of that shit before it goes right. bad. But we, we did... So we did skip something very important. Um, you know, as, as I pointed out, you know, your top two priorities are going to be getting Andy because he's got a limited time where he's going to have the energy to do anything with his lack of food, you know, securing your water. But really the third thing that you're going to have to do before you clear the perimeter or anything else like that in this situation is become Skeletron. Uh, I was going to say get Skeletron. I mean, you, you have to, because he you, is, you have the body, you designed, have the mask, you're ready. Yeah. He's, he's designed for this environment. I mean, he's pretty much there. Yeah. If you don't have Turbo Kid there to shoot plasma blasts, yeah. I want Skeletron on my team. Through in your day, yeah. Uh, and maybe that's how that all started, you know? I mean... Who's to say? That, who's to say? Chris, do you agree? Which are we looking? At Chris, obviously. Oh, yes, Chris. Yeah. No, he he's... Well, on that note, I, I do need to... Uh, I do need to get... Well... What time is it? Oh, it's, it's midnight. midnight. Yeah. Well, hey. I need to go get my average look sleeve. Ah, you know? uh, yes. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. You're not uh, the one that has to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm not insane. Well, like, well I, let's, I, let's I not get like crazy sleeping. here. <laughs> I like sleeping. You guys have known I've been insane since college. So. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I, I need more sleep. I want to make sure that David knows that James Gunn wrote this movie. And Zack Snyder directed it. I'm just going to say it one more time. So what you're saying is... Um, George Romero. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, 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 All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> hey, David's got to go home. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, we're going to do... Uh, we're going to do a couple... 
podcasts here in the near future that are, um, what do we call it, topic-based? Yeah, more centralized around the topic and not a specific movie. Right. Um, we watch a very specific set of movies or new stuff, which we will be doing some more new movies because society has decided that we're going to live past COVID. But we are going to change up some of the the, uh, the flow of these, and we're going to do some some topic-based conversations. Um, feel free to send us your topics that you would like us to discuss. Obviously, zombie survival is on the table. Um, we'll, we'll be discussing amongst ourselves, but um, you send us one that we pick, we'll, we'll throw a call out to you. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you have not watched Dawn of the Dead, go watch it. It's phenomenal. Uh, it, I forgot how much I loved it. Uh, bring, go to, bring, bring that one back to me. Yeah, yeah. It, um, go to robgilchristbooks.com for more, or you can go to anchor slash uh, Rob Gilchrist. We love you. Are we recording?